It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm Janice Dean. I'm Brett Baer. I'm Martha McCallum, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Thursday, August 11th, 2022. I'm John Sancier. Where would you rather be? Locked up in a Russian gulag or out fighting on the battlefield in Ukraine? This option is playing out in Russian prisons as casualties mount up and the Russian army needs more boots on the ground. Convicted really hardened criminals, people who have murdered, and those guys are being allegedly sent in to create these brigades that can can do knife fighting and, 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 and kill people in the, in the manner of the murders that we saw in Bucha. This is the Fox News Rundown. War on Ukraine. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Whether or not they care to admit it, Russian leadership needs to keep public support for the war up in Russia in order to be successful. So sending people's sons off to die in Ukraine is a dangerous proposition for both the soldiers and the leadership. Now it looks like Russia is coming up with new ideas to get more soldiers out to the front lines without ruffling too many people's feathers back home. I spoke to someone named Vladimir Osechkin, who runs a, an organization called Gulagu.net. And it is a, an organization that lobbies on behalf of, tries to help prisoners, because there have been really widespread reports about abuse in prisons. We're speaking today with Fox News senior foreign affairs correspondent Amy Kellogg. These days, their focus is uh, simultaneously on efforts to recruit inmates for battle. And according to this organization, and this has been picked up in other news organizations in Russia, so I, I feel quite certain that it is happening to, to some extent. But they really play on um, the weaknesses of these prisoners, suggesting that their prison time will be quickly ended. Um, Big money will go to their family. And if they die, even bigger money, a chance for a new start and um, and a very glorious future going to fight for the motherland, which needs them. So these guys are uh, being tapped, according to various sources, including Gulagu.net. And um, they are, in some cases, according to the organization, being sent basically just to draw out Ukrainian fire so that then the Russians can move in and see where Ukrainian positions are, call in the drones, artillery strikes. Um, This guy was even going on saying things like they're getting rid of some prisoners that they don't want to ever talk about the abuses they've seen or been part of in Russian prisons or labor camps, and so just are being shunted off to the front lines. Um, I think that's harder to prove, but basically they've gone through many different prisons. They've looked for uh, different types of people. Apparently they first wanted former security service personnel or soldiers who'd fought before, but then they're also looking to make these brigades of killers who are convicted, really hardened criminals, people who have murdered, uh, been convicted for assault, and those guys are being 
allegedly also sent in to create these brigades that can can do knife fighting and 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 kill people in the in the manner of the murders that we saw in Bucha. So, um, and the last bit of that, John, that's interesting, and this is coming from a few different Russian media sources this week, is that Yevgeny Prigozhin, who is Putin's chef, this wildly rich guy who runs the conscript organization Wagner and has also been um, indicted in the U.S. for his for his overseeing of these troll farms that were involved in the interference in the U.S. elections in 2016. He's been allegedly reportedly going around to prisons himself to try to talk people into joining the cause because um, uh, he, he apparently would have a line. He's an ex-prisoner himself and he could say to them, appeal to them on a very um, man-to-man level, look, I I had a rough first part of my life and I went on to become a um, billionaire. You should have dreams too. So that's all really very interesting as, of course, Russia gets bogged down in this war, John. Yeah, absolutely. To you, is this a sign of desperation for Russia? I mean, we've got reports that there are tens of thousands of Russian casualties, either soldiers taken prisoner on the battlefield or killed. Is Russia at that point now where they're so desperate for soldiers that they're going to the prisons? Or is this more of a maneuver to try and continue to get the support of the Russian people for this war effort by not recruiting regular soldiers who are possibly the sons of Russians, but to go after prisoners who I guess would be less cared about to yeah yeah i think that's true and and i I think that that's why they're easier cannon fodder for the russian army i think the russian army is becoming desperate for recruits but i think it's a it's it's both it's both it's wanting to um uh taps layers of society that are more vulnerable perhaps who don't have families who would be outspoken about the conditions of their death should they die um, and to silence certain people, I, this is Sechkin, and, and I, I don't know, I think he was speculating a lot, but he was saying there's no death penalty in Russia. Who knows, there could be a day when guys are just sent off to Ukraine and even shot by their own there to, to silence them. So there's an element of perhaps political, uh, dealing with political problems. There's an element of desperation to fill the ranks of the soldiers. And then, yes, uh, preying upon people or, or coercing people to go to war who who really don't have much of a chance, don't have income, don't have hopes for their future. And apparently, um, an interesting part of this whole conversation I had with Gulagu is that um, the the KG, the former KGB, the FSB, the people who work in the prisons, they're not all fans of this war. They're not all fans of the regime. Because I said, how are these stories of not only prison abuse getting out, but these stories of recruitment and what is being offered and the conditions in which these guys are, or the units they're being asked to form. And, and I was told, look, Putin likes to project an image of an airtight society, a real dictatorship where nobody speaks and secrets stay in their vaults, he said. But not only is there corruption and, and you can get things for a price, i.e. information, but there are there's dissent in the ranks. And I think that's an interesting uh, point that it is hard to know more about at this given moment. But yeah, if you think that there are plenty of people in the security services who may be incredibly disgruntled and willing to give information about what's going on. Our guest today is Fox News senior foreign affairs correspondent Amy Kellogg, who has some interesting insight into how the Russian people are feeling about this war in Ukraine and what the government is doing to try and keep support. We have much more coming up on the other side of this.
We've heard reports about dissent um, in the Russian army with some soldiers wanting to quit and leave Ukraine as well. Do you feel like maybe within Russia the tide might be turning a little bit as far as the Russian public's view on this war? Is there more cracks here? Are we seeing more dissent among the Russian public? I don't think so, John. I think I've heard different things. I've heard people are either tired or feel helpless or have just drank the Kool-Aid and are somehow able to enjoy their summer. The bars and the restaurants in Moscow are brimming with people. Um, there's, there's a sense that life is normal on, on that level, on that superficial level of people getting out and about. Um, I think the propaganda is ratcheting up to new levels with different sort of conspiracy theories about how history has been whitewashed and changed and tinkered with and made into fake history by by the West, essentially, for a thousand years. So there's there's more and more of these conspiracy theories being peddled in different media in Russia. Um, And then I think there are stories, there was a story today in the Russian press about the parents of dead or missing soldiers not really speaking out too much because they are dependent on whatever payouts they get from the government in compensation for their dead sons. So there's a different things going on. I don't get the sense that that the, the tide is turning in terms of public opinion or brazenness to, to resist. But I do think that there still is a very serious pool of people who are going to do what they can to get anti-war messages out. And many of them are surreptitious and it's still graffiti at night and signs popping up here and there, um, little bits of sabotage. But there are certain figures like Ilya Yashin, who is um, a famous, the last famous dissident to go down, to be arrested. He, he had his day in court the other day. The, the Russians are so scared of these people that it was a closed courtroom because they didn't want him to use it as a platform for anti-war agitation. Um, Marina Avsyanikova, the state TV employee who went on, famously went on set live TV with a with anti-war messages on a placard. She's been at it. She said she doesn't care what happens to her. She has two kids. Um, she's going to keep agitating. And the scenes from her court hearing were fascinating yesterday because this tiny blonde woman in a cage holding up a sign, and she kept uh, repositioning it because everywhere she held it, some big, beefy security guard would just put his hand over it to try to cover it. And it just makes you wonder why, if they've got public opinion, to a large extent controlled at this point, why they are so, why the authorities are so scared of any voices of dissent. Yeah, just keeping control. And when you think about it, as far as the news cycle here in the United States, this war in Ukraine has fallen really to the wayside. I mean, you don't hear a lot about it anymore. I know in doing this podcast, I've mentioned to people that I'm working on it and they say, wait, that's still going on? What's happening there? And it feels like the situation in Russia is that people are saying, well, what are we really going to do about it anyways? Might as well try and enjoy our summer. So I kind of understand your point there that you're making about how, you know, Russia's just the everyday Russian is just kind of letting it go at this point. And it's kind of sad because obviously the everyday Ukrainian has a much different view of this. And many of them are being killed over it, too. Fox News senior foreign affairs correspondent Amy Kellogg with some very good insight for us on the Russian side of things on this war in Ukraine. We appreciate your time. Thanks for being with us on the Fox News Rundown War in Ukraine podcast. Thanks, John. It's always a pleasure to speak with you. 
You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. Pull up a chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy. And me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America. Download from the kitchen table, the Duffy's at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts.